我们发现他喜悦来使用我们这样的运河。So even may it be true that even like in stanza four it says Jesus fill now with thy spirit hearts that full surrender know.就像在第四节他讲，救主，求你将圣灵充满这个已经奉献身，that the streams of living water from our inner man may flow.啊，这样活水在我们里面可以横流。uh, maybe we can sing four stanza one more time. 我们可以再唱第四节一遍。Lord, even as we come before you this morning, indeed our heart's desire is that the living water may flow. Thank you, Lord, that you are the source of the living water. That your life has already been given to us, that we can come to the living water. 主，因为你已经把生命赐给我们，所以我们可以这样让你的生命活出。So even as we come to fellowship on your word together this morning，主今天早晨当我们分享你的话语的时候，May you once again touch us so that we may be in your presence and to be able to sit at your feet and to hear your word。但愿我们都啊，受你圣灵的触摸，我们可以坐在你的脚前，可以来思想你的话语。Lord, we don't want to hear anything else. But we want to hear from you. And we thank you that you have a word for us in every season. So may you quicken us and help us to receive what you have to say. We commit this time to you and we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, maybe we can uh, first take a look at a few passages in the Bible. Uh, the first passage is in the book of First John, chapter four. First John, chapter four, verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. 亲爱的弟兄啊，我们应当彼此相爱，因为爱是从神来的。凡有爱心的，都是由神而生，并且认识神。The second passage is in the book of Ephesians, chapter four. 第二段是在以弗所书第四章。Ephesians four verses one to three.以弗所书第四章第一节到第三节。I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
我为主被求的劝你们，既然蒙召行事为人，就当与蒙召的恩相称。凡事谦虚温柔忍耐，用爱心互相宽容，用和平彼此联络，竭力保守圣灵所赐合而为一的心。We'll come back to that same chapter in just one second, but before that, if you can turn to Romans 15，我们还会翻过来，但在翻过回来之前，我们先翻到罗马书十十五章。Romans 15:14。罗马书15章第14节。now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. 十四节，弟兄们，我自己也深信你们是蛮有良善，充足了诸般的知识，也能彼此劝诫。And then now back to Ephesians four，我们再翻回以弗所书第四章，and we'll read from verses eleven to sixteen.我们读到十一节到第十六节。and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of, of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working which every part does its share, cause growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. <coughs> 有使徒有先知有传福音的有牧师和教师为要成全圣徒各尽其职建立基督的身体只等到我们众人在真道上同归于一认识神的儿子得以长大成人满有基督长成的身量使我们不再做小孩子纵了人的诡计和欺骗的
In fact, the Lord continues to impress upon my heart the importance of the practical outliving of His life in us. 主呃，把更深的负担放在我们心中，让我们意识到要把它在我们里面的生命活出来的重要性。We have received so much, so so much wealth in spiritual knowledge. 我们在属灵的知识上，我们得到了很多的知识。But I really feel that the Lord is challenging us to say, "That's great, but how much of that is really true in our everyday life?" 我觉得主好像在挑战我们说，那很棒，很好，但是在我们日常生活中，我们有活出多少呢？ It's like the Lord saying, you know, what really counts is not what we know in our head. 我们主好像在那里说，那真的算数的不是我们脑筋中所知道的。Maybe not even what we display for others to see. 也甚至不是在我们表现出来给别人看的。But how much of our spiritual walk is true when it is just in our everyday? 但是我们每一天实际的生活当中，我们属灵的生活有多少是真实的？ And maybe when others weren't even looking, 甚至当别没别人看的时候。So even as we embark on this theme of sonship, 当我们开始这个题目将要讲到儿子的名分。I sense that the Lord is kind of pointing us to what does it mean to live every day as sons. 我想，我觉得主好像在指着我们问我们说，那么每一天实际的像儿子一样生活是如何生活的？ And in fact, today we want to look at how loving one another is actually a aspect of what it means to be living as sons. Ah,、uh, 今天我们就想要看到我们能够彼此相爱是活出儿子名分的当中的一部分 Interestingly, you'll find, in fact, in the Bible, wherever sonship, the subject of sonship, is mentioned. 很有趣，在圣经当中，每一次当讲到儿子名分的时候 it is actually often followed in the same book. By a practical exhortation to love one another. 然后在同样的一本书当中的后面都会讲到很实际的，我们能够如何彼此相爱。You find that in Romans, you find that in Galatians, you find that in Ephesians. 你发现在罗马书、在加拉太书、在以弗所书。So you see that there is a wonderful connection there. 在当中是有很奇妙的联系的。So hopefully we'll look a little bit deeper into that. Today, but let us start today by looking first at the matter of loving one another. We first look at That as a born again Christian, the life of God is in us. Ah,、uh, 作为重生得救的基督徒，神的生命在我们的里面。And we know that God is love. 我们知道神就是爱。That's why it should be very natural for us to love. 所以对我们来说，应该爱是很自然的。Now, loving one another is also fundamental to us as our testimony. 彼此相爱对我们的见证也是至关重要的。We know in John thirteen. That Jesus said, "Well, by this you will know that you are my disciples if you love one another." 主耶稣说，因着这个，世人就认出你们是我的门徒了，就是要你们彼此相爱。And so you see, when we talk about our testimony, our testimony depends on one thing, which is the mutual love we share among one another. 当我们讲到见证的时候，我们的见证就是关于这一件事情，就是我们能够彼此互相的相爱。That the church can only effectively make Jesus known if we love one another. 
And that's how people of this world can really come to experience the love of God. And I think we must first acknowledge that there is only one source of love. And that it is the love of God. Well, now we all know that God is love. And this is not just talking about his characteristic. But almost think of this is his substance. This is who he is. This is what he is. And last time we already shared on, and we all probably know, that there are two Greek words that describe love in the Bible. And there's agape love and there's phileo love. And that the agape love is that selfless, unconditional, perfect love of God. And that the phileo love is talking about tender affection, talking about relationship among friends. And when I looked at sort of the, 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 the Greek words used in the New Testament, every single time when it talks about love in the New Testament, you find that it is the word agape. Whenever the Bible talks about loving one another, it is always agape love. And that's because God wants us to love one another with the love with which He loves us with. And that is His standard. That is the standard of love for us. So what does it mean to love one another? Um, when you search the scriptures, um, and when it comes to this matter of loving one another, you find that the Bible is indeed very specific. It is very practical and it's very action oriented. Because you know, when you talk about love, people like to think, oh, it's some wishy feeling. And I, actually, I remember one time I was in home fellowship with a brother, and he was sharing about how the Lord showed him that, you know, in, in First John, for example, uh, he was surprised to see how love was almost very black and white. It's not some emotional stuff. And that's exactly what you find as well if you study the entire New Testament on passages related to loving one another. When I read through the entire New Testament to find the passages, I found 79 passages that talks about relationship between one another in the, in the body of Christ. And within that, you find that there are 26 passages that talks about you know, a command related to one another. It will talk about love one another, encourage one another, 
In fact, 21 are do this and 5 are do not do this. For example, do not lie to one another. And you see, these commands help us put love into action. And last time we already shared on two of them. We shared on uh, greet one another. And also to encourage one another. So today the Lord has put two additional ones on my heart to share. So once again, let us learn together as fellow students in the School of Christ. By no means am I an expert, but I would just like to share once again as a fellow student. So the, the first one uh, that we want to share about is this matter of forbearing with one another. That is what we read earlier in Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 2. And if you want to turn back to Ephesians 2, in the translation, some of your translation in verse 2 uh, may say bearing with one another. And if you, there are different translations for it, but if you go back to the Greek word, it is exactly the word forbearing. Now, if you read even just on these three verses, there are two very interesting observations. And it shows us why forbearing is so important in the body of Christ. The first one is that you find that differences do exist. That's why Paul talks about endeavoring to keep the unity. Which also means give diligence. Well, if there's no difference, then you know, that wouldn't be a problem, right? But as we are so different, we're being put into this body of Christ. And yet, indeed, we have different backgrounds. We have different personalities. We have different characters. We cannot be more different. But not only are we different, the second thing you notice here, is that implicit with this, it also, we realize not only are we different, but we also have made some maybe unwise decisions along the way. Who doesn't have bad habits? And maybe some of us even have some uh, quirky personalities. So, no wonder when we come together as a body that we need to forbear with one another in order to love one another. Now, 
thankfully, our God is a very forbearing God. 感谢主, 我们的神, forbearing is his nature. Uh, Just think of how he loves us, how he bears with us, suffers long with us despite all our shortcomings, our mistakes. 大家想想，无论我们多少的缺憾，多少缺点，主他何等的用他长久的温柔、宽容、忍耐来担待我们。Even through our failures, even through our moody days，哪怕是我们失败，哪怕是我们情绪不好的时候。And you remember even as early back to the Old Testament，大家记得在旧约的时候，Think of the forbearance of God when Abraham in Genesis 18 was。Kind of negotiating with God on Sodom and Gomorrah. Think about the history of the Israelites, maybe even from Psalm 78, on how patient the Lord is with them. And even in the New Testament, think about in the book of Romans in chapter 3. The forbearance of God was a critical component in that presentation of the gospel. So, again, if you go back to the Greek word and look at, so, you know, what does, what does uh, forbearing mean? Not only does it mean to bear with, in fact, also has a meaning of giving some slack. It's like a string, right? A piece of rope. Instead of pulling it all the way tight, that you leave some uh, loose part, right? It's not completely tight. That's what it has a meaning of. And so it talks about really giving room for people to be who they are. In fact, that there is an acceptance without disapproval. Now I think this is where we sometimes get very clever. Well, that means oh, we just need to be polite. But you see, the true meaning of the word here goes beyond just being polite. There is no secretly hiding disdain or disapproval. Or maybe a hidden condescending kind of attitude. Now, but what is our challenge, right, when you come to think about forbearing? But truth be told, at times, we all can sometimes become very judgmental. Or maybe very critical. I mean, even even in small matters, give you an example. You know, for example, when you know brothers, you know, a brother start praying. And then you know you may think, Oh, it's him again. That long prayer, brother. 
or they're in the Lord's table. Someone calls a song. And you're like, what does this song have to do with anything? That doesn't fit. Where does that come from? And then you almost want to write it off. And and in fact, I I sometimes feel, especially for, for those of us who kind of come from that Chinese background. 我特别有的时候感觉好像我们当中很多有中国的背景的这种。You know, even when, when, when you know, whatever someone is doing is 99% good. 当有的人做的好像他做的99%都做好了。You somehow are experts at looking for that 1%。然后你就是专门就挑那个1%的你是专家。And then it's like, wow, well, how come you didn't do that 1%?你就说你为什么没有做好那1%?And so, you see, you know, the other, in, in fact, at times, not only that, right? We can also jump to quick judgment on life decisions that others might have made. And especially when we don't agree with them. And maybe we even fail to recognize the struggle and the, and the work of the Lord in their lives. Uh, I mean, I, I, I knew of a brother that who was going through a time of trial and struggling with the Lord. And he was really hurt when he found out that the brother that he really respects, that the brother was criticizing him for not being able to come to certain meetings, but, but then the brother never reached out to him to find out what was going on to understand the struggle the challenge that he was going through that he was very much trying but he was struggling and that's why when it comes to the matter of loving one another forbearing it is so important and you notice, in fact, in Ephesians 4, chapter, uh, 4 2, that, uh, that verse, Paul shows us three aspects, three characters that make forbearance possible. It is loneliness, meekness, and patience. So practically, why are these three characters so important? Well, first of all, it's because we have to remember that our spiritual journey is indeed a journey with the Lord. Forbearance requires us to understand the trajectory of each person on the journey with the Lord. It requires time and space for growth to happen. In fact, I, I really do believe that most Christians are really good people trying to follow the Lord. They are on that journey. But we're all dealing with our old self 
We're dealing with some annoying personalities. Maybe even some bad habits and strange beliefs in us. Which is why patience is so important. That's how we can accept them for who they are. Now, secondly, we also need to remember because our God is sovereign. He who began a good work will bring it to completion on the day of Christ. He is responsible for our growth. Despite our weaknesses and shortcomings. And how can we not forbear one another when you come to realize it is the Lord who is holding that brother or sister's hand, leading them, teaching them. It is the Lord who meticulously working in that brother or sister's life. And that's why meekness is so important. That we may submit to the Lord's leading in and his timing in that brother or sister's life. And thirdly, we also tend to forget who we really uh, who we were. Or, or maybe who we still are, in fact. Because we like to forget all the stupid stuff that we have done. And somehow we somehow fall into this trap of thinking somehow we are better than them. And that's why lowliness is so important. Because it gives us a teachable heart. I mean, I, going back to the example of the, the hymn in the, uh, in the Lord's table, during the Lord's table. I, I cannot how many times, I cannot tell how many times when something like that happened, I fell into the trap of thinking, oh, this doesn't relate. But then the Lord was trying to teach me, no, be lowly. You can learn from me in, from anyone's life. And that when I humble back before the Lord, the Lord spoke to me through these songs. And you enter into worship. But it requires that lowliness. Now, however, having, all, having said all that, how far do we forbear? Because it does require discernment. We need to discern. When is the right time to switch to admonishing and exhortation? Because it does not mean that therefore we completely turn a blind eye to weakness or sin. And truly, there are behaviors that are destructive, that are irresponsible. Think about Jesus or think about Apostle Paul. Jesus condemned the right self-righteousness of the Pharisees. Or when Paul was dealing with the false prophets, 
保罗在那里对付假先知的时候, some of the wicked scenes, sins as we saw in 1 Corinthians, 或在哥林多, 呃, it was not forbearing. But the interesting thing is, think, I think Jesus is really our best model. I mean, think about how surprisingly seldom does he rebuke you know, his disciples, where how often he actually could have. I mean, think about like Peter, John, James, they just like don't get it. So you see, even with all the limits, there still leaves uh, yeah. Yeah. But it still leaves us plenty of room. And so you see, forbearing, forbearing is exactly where we should start. Now that leads us to the second uh, uh, aspect that we want to share about. The first one was forbearing. The second is that verse from Romans 15. When it is talking about admonishing one another. So, what is the meaning of admonishing? Once again, if you go back to the Greek word, you'll find, no matter where, which dictionary you look up, there is this uh, notion of correcting and warning. It's about setting rights. And it assumes that there is a confrontation. And that underneath the assumption is that there is something going wrong with this person's life. And that you need to turn around the person, turn around the brothers or sister. Now, who, who here has not made a wrong turn? We all have made wrong turns. And so, you see, we all need occasional loving admonition from brothers and sisters. And there is a difference here between admonishing and rebuking. Because rebuking, if you look it up, means to criticize harshly. Whereas admonish, it means to reprove gently but seriously. And so, yes, in the Bible there are places, there are clear places where it's called for rebuking. Especially when dealing with sin and disobedience. But as a member of the body of Christ, the calling is in fact to admonish one another. Now, what is our challenge with this one? Well, if you, if you have tried this, you notice that this aspect of loving one another is actually completely foreign to our natural love, to our natural self. 
如果你仔细思考的话，你会发现这一方面的呃，我们彼此相爱、劝勉，对我们天然的爱是好像是很陌生的。we have no problem criticizing others. And we have no problem saying nothing. But when it comes to, well, it's reproving, but doing it gently. Well, how do you do that? And so what we find is admonishing is it's, it's really hard. It's hard to do and hard to do well. Well, why is that? Well, first of all, I think, you know, in talking to, to, to many, the common feeling is, well, I feel unqualified. Like, who am I to tell him to, that he needs to change? It's like I can't tell him that. Or you fear, well, I don't want to look like I'm judgmental. 或者你担心说我不想让别人看我好像在那里经常在那里批评论断别人。I don't want to come off as unloving or harsh. 我不想让别人觉得我很没有爱心，很很很对别人很凶。And frankly, sometimes we rather just adapt and 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 um, compromise on it rather than dealing with the fallout. 很多时候我们宁愿去面对这些事情，我们好像就是在那里妥协，然后在那还没有看见一样。But going back to if you if you understand what admonishing really means as as in the Bible，如果你真的明白圣经当中讲到劝勉的意思的话，you find that the key questions to ask，你会发现这里最重要的问题要问的，is is there something that is taking our brother or our sister？ of course, in the wrong direction. Is there a sin or disobedience that is preventing growth in our brother or our sister? Could that even be a blind spot? I mean, what is a blind spot when you're driving? Is that you, you can't just see it from just looking at the mirrors. So maybe the brother does not even realize that he or she is going in the wrong direction. And when you actually admonish, well, we should really do it when it's still early. You, you don't admonish when the car already crashed. That's too late. For example, you want to admonish greed before it turns into materialism. Uh, but in the heart of, of the word, you see that this is admonishing is really about protecting and saving our brothers and sisters from any greater harm. But you see, in order to, to do it early, you need to have a relationship with the brother or the sister. It's based on a relationship that is committed to one another. Now, how do we admonish one another? Well, Romans 15:14 shows us the way. First of all, it talks about us being filled with goodness. 
In other words, it should be done positively in a spirit of restoration. We know in Galatians 6, it talks about if anyone is being overtaken by trespasses. That we are to restore such a one with a spirit of gentleness. And so you see, as Paul teaches very clearly, the purpose is to regain, to restore. It is to build up, not to tear down. You see, it's very easy to just say, hey, you're not doing something right. But when the Bible talks about admonishing, it goes beyond just pointing out that there is something wrong. But that there is a coming alongside with the person to help rebuild. And that is the hard part. And yet, if we are to admonish, that's what we are called to do. To be part of, to be alongside with our brothers and sisters, as to help rebuild, to help restore. Uh, but if we want to really the The other thing about being filled with goodness, it also goes back to what is our motive. Is it born out of love? That because I want my brothers and sisters to be in the right place with the Lord. Or is it because I want them to do do things my way? The second thing it points out in verse 14. It's about being filled with knowledge. We all know that verse from Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in your heart richly in all wisdom. As it also talks about admonishing one another. So, you see, we need the word of Christ. And think about dwelling richly. Basically means if we are to really admonish someone, we need to dwell in that richness of the word of Christ. We need to be able to hear from him. We need to know where the Lord's words stand on this matter. In other words, this is not our own words. Not our own wisdom, our own ways. Now on top of that, this is why prayers are also so important. Because what happens when others try to give us words of admonishment? Well, we tend to find every reason to think, no, 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 like that's why you're wrong, you're misinformed, you don't understand. And so people may not be receptive. Uh, may even harm the relationship. And that's why we need prayers to make sure that the hearts are truly open. Only through the Holy Spirit can our hearts be ready and open. And so you see, this matter of 
admonishing one another. It is really built on, once again, us being with one another in a committed relationship that supports one another. It's a commitment to one another, wanting to support one another on the journey that walk, that growth with the Lord. And how we need that as a body of Christ. But now, now that we covered these two aspects, forbearing and admonishing, you may notice that actually these two things are kind of contradictory to one another. If you're forbearing, then you're obviously not admonishing. And the vice versa, right? So since they're both aspects of loving one another, well, how do you know when to admonish and when to forbear? Now don't forget, in fact, that there are the other 26 of these one another commands, right? It's almost like the Lord is saying, in some situations with, with, with brothers and sisters, you need to encourage. In others, you need to forbear. And yet, others, you need to forgive. And yet, in those, you need to admonish. Also, you may, you may ask, well, well, how am I supposed to know what to do? Because each situation is so unique. I mean, I, I, I can tell you oftentimes when I'm you know, helping with the youth group, I mean, I mean, they don't know, right? But they, but I tell you here that sometimes they bring you these challenging situations. And they're like, well, what do I do? I mean, every time it's like fear and trembling. Because you realize, wow, these are real situations that are so much at stake. And I really, I, I my own self, I don't have anything for you. And that only the Lord can solve your problem. And so I'm sure you have similar experiences too, and that you're facing some of these situations from your brother or your sister. That you're wondering, oh, what should I do? Is, is this to admonish it or, or should I forbear? We almost wish that there is an instruction manual on this situation, go, go to this box, and in this situation, say this. But we see that that's not how the Lord works. But that's because he has a better way. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, sometimes I think we have this tendency when we think of that verse in Romans 5. That the love of love of Christ has been poured out in your heart. And that somehow that means, oh great, pour it out in my heart, now we can take it from here. 
And we may forget that the second part of the verse, which is the fact that it is by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. And you see, only through the Holy Spirit do we truly know how do we actually love one another. It's almost like He is our love coach. That's why in First John chapter two it talks about that we have that anointing that teaches us in all things. And that he is the spirit of truth. And that he knows the truth. He knows what is right, what is needed, what should be applied, what should you say, what is the measure that is needed. And because of that, we are called to walk in the Spirit. Think about Galatians 5. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And when it talks about that, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And what is the first aspect? Uh, well, it is love. So, what does it really mean to walk in the Spirit when it comes to loving one another? As I sought the Lord, I was simply reminded of one thing. Is that are we charging ahead with our own ways, or are we really seeking the Holy Spirit for His way? You see, it's nothing, not any big concept. But isn't it so true, brothers and sisters, that oftentimes we like to just default? And, and what do we default to? Well, we default to our own way. I mean, the Lord is really teaching me this lesson of, of how I often now catch myself like, oh, I see once again, I'm trying to you know, love this brother or sister, so do, do something with another brother or sister, kind of just like, because that's what I think is the right thing to do. Like if I see a need, then it's like, okay, immediately, well, that means let's do this. Or, oh, like that thing is wrong, it needs to be corrected, so let me do that. It's like we're so fast, we just do it. But it's it's in the moment, in that moment, you realize how often like, I realize, at least, right? I realize that the Lord is saying, whoa, 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 hold it. Are we loving one another in our way or His way? It is almost like the Lord is saying, do you not love one another? But He's asking, do you agape one another? And so, what is our experience if we were to rely on our own way? That's oftentimes we make a mess. 
people get hurt, or sometimes it almost seems like it worked. But then there's no impact. And nothing changed. I think there's one litmus test. And the limit test is what kind of spirit is coming out? Put yourself in the other person's shoe. Do they see the spirit of love, the Holy Spirit, and kindness coming out? Or is that the spirit of self-righteousness, meanness? I mean, do you have, I'm sure you all have experiences getting feedback from others. And I can, I can, from my, from my own experience, I, I can tell you, I can remember once where people tell you and what they say is absolutely correct. But somehow it just feels the spirit is all wrong. It's almost like there, there is a spirit of judgment and superiority that comes with it. And then, and then there would be those who give you feedback. It is so critical, but it's so kind at the same time. That it really care it really cares about me as a, a, a for, for my growth and my walk in the world. So you see the Lord's heart in this matter of loving one another is always about building up. So even when there's a correction needed. It is still about regaining, building up. And never to put down. That's why the lesson of the cross is so important. Because unless we really learn to deny ourselves and pick up the cross, the Holy Spirit cannot really teach us and be able to lead us to truly being able to love one another in the way He loves. This is also where we need to avoid the extreme. Because sometimes we hear that and we say, oh, okay, therefore, I, I, I'm not qualified to love yet. I have to wait until I become the saint now. No, the commandment is very clear. Love one another as I have loved you. And not when you're perfect. In fact, I think sometimes we don't really realize that we are using our own ways unless we do it our own way and then the Lord points out to you and you're like, ha. Huh. Oh yeah, I didn't realize. There is only one way to learn and grow and learn the lesson of the cross. It's by following his command. 
就是跟随他的话语的命令。Because as we do, the Holy Spirit will teach us. And so, now, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is the one who actually is the coach that teaches us how to love. But interestingly, this is where you find that, in fact, it goes beyond just the individual situations where he's teaching us what to do. Uh, in that passage in Ephesians 4, from the, the longer passage we read from verses 11 to 16, it shows us, if you can actually if you can turn to it, yep. so if you go to Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 16, it talks about from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part that's to share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That it shows us that God is doing a work of joining and knitting. So this word joining and knitting, it's actually, believe it or not, it's actually one Greek word. So it's the word synomalageo. <laughs> uh, it actually is three Greek words kind of smooshed together. In fact, Paul created this word. Uh, because it, it, it's only used in Ephesians once other time in the Bible. So, what are the three words that are smooshed together? The first one is a joint, meaning joining two things. Second word is with, and then and then the third one is to choose. So he is really talking about how in the body of Christ, God has specifically put you where you are. To be among Christians that you are fellowshipping with, because you need them and they need you. 因为你需要他们, 他们也需要你. Each part of the body is designed to minister to one another. And that is the joining and the knitting. It's actually describing a mutual ministry among the different parts of the body. So you see, as, as you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you how to love, what the Holy Spirit actually leads us to do is actually to minister to one another. Because there are a lot of different needs within the body. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, in fact, we are learning the lesson of how to minister to one another within the body of Christ. 
我们彼此相爱，不单单是好像在家中这样彼此相爱。But I mean, if your kidney decides that, you know, today I'm going to take a vacation day. Or, you know, the eye says, okay, you know, I, I, I'm going to take a rest today, I'm not going to work. I mean, we, we cannot function. And yet here in the passage, you, keep, you see the word being repeated like a thousand times every Every joint, every, every, every. That means every member, everyone here, all of us here are involved. Yes, if you are a new believer. Yes, if you are youth. Yes, even if you are an elderly. It doesn't matter what language. We are all involved. And the Lord is asking us, are you a functioning member in the body of Christ in ministering to one another? Do we greet one another? Do we encourage one another? Do we submit to one another? Do we bear one another's burden? Are we hospitable to one another? Francisus, we need to see that if we are not ministering with one another, if we are not involved with ministering with one another in the body, that it is not normal. It is not normal at all. Sometimes we may even fall into the trap that you know, we come to meetings, we listen to messages. That it is good enough. But I really sense that the Lord is saying to each of us. No, that is not normal. If we're not ministering as members to one another, something is wrong. Are we members, functioning members in the body of Christ, ministering to one another? Because if we each have a unique part to play, by design, every one of you, every one of us, we have a unique way to love. And that's why we are being put together in this body. The second lesson that the Paul shares with us in this passage is this matter of being under the headship of Christ. See, the body only functions when it's actually connected to the head. 
Otherwise, we have a headless body. And why is the head so important? Because it coordinates. I mean, think about how much it takes for your body to do just one simple thing. 大家想一想,你的身体需要它做多少事情来做一个很简单的事情。To take a step, your heart needs to pump blood, your vessels need to carry the blood. 你要想走一步,你的心脏需要在那里蹦血,你的血管需要在那里让它血能流过去。Your lung needs to get oxygen, you need to breathe. 你需要呼吸,你的肺需要吸收氧气。The nerve needs to work with the muscles. 你的神经要以肌肉来工作。And your muscles actually need to move. I mean, it takes so much coordination for one thing to happen. Likewise, when it, when it comes to loving and ministering around the body, it takes coordination from the head. Because sometimes, maybe, yeah, there is a situation with a brother or a sister. But it actually takes multiple brothers and sisters coming to minister. There's prayers, there's sharing, there's practical help. It goes back to what we shared earlier. That's why we so need the Holy Spirit to teach us how to minister to one another. And yet, what is our biggest challenge? I, 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 I think of uh, Psalm 42 where it talks about you know, how all my soul is disquiet within me. Our soul is often so loud. I remember one time I was talking to a brother regarding another brother. It's a brother that we really want to encourage. But I was frankly I was I was kinda annoyed with some of the choices that brother has made. So sitting there, all I can do is I was just like so upset. I wanted to yell at the brother. So I was sitting there, I was so upset. I wanted to yell at the brother. So I was sitting there, I was so upset. I wanted to yell at the brother. And then the brother said to me, the other brother I was talking to said to me, that he reminded me that the Lord wants to regain this brother. And then meanwhile, I realized all I wanted was fire and brimstone. So I, I, I felt ashamed that I, when I realized the heart and the mercies of the Lord. But how true is it that we just have this really loud soul that oftentimes we fail to hear the quiet, still small voice of the Spirit. The third lesson is the fact that in this body we are responsible for one another. In fact, our body has an amazing ability to compensate for things happening in the body. For example, if your heart is weak and it doesn't pump much blood, 
Your blood vessels would compensate immediately by constricting itself so that it maintains higher blood pressure to your your your, your arms, your legs. And that is because the body realizes when one part is in problem, is in trouble, the whole body is in trouble. 因为你的肢体，它都知道，你的身体都知道，说当一个肢体在问题当中，全身都在问题当中。And that every member of the body is responsible for each other。呃，整个身体的每一个肢体都是彼此是负责任的。The wellness of the body depends on it。整个身体的健康都呃在都靠着这一个。I mean, if you think about it, that's a a, a simple but frightening truth. 啊，如果你想一想，其实这是一个简单的，但是让人震惊的真理。Because it means what I become，这意味着我所要成为的，depends on how my brothers and sisters would react to me when I'm at my worst。就其实是在乎当我在自己最差光景当中，弟兄姊妹如何来待我。And vice versa is true。哦，反反过来也是同样的。In fact, in Ezekiel 33. It calls us to be watchmen of one another. That if you see a brother or a sister going down the wrong path to destruction, you are responsible to warn them or because if you don't, the Lord will hold you accountable. So the question is. Who are you responsible for? I was really touched by something I read from Brother Kong on the Book of Shepherding recently. He was simply challenging us to have one person on our heart that we would pray for. To pray for the spiritual well-being. And so if that person is absent from the meeting, we would find that person, we'll look him him up and say, What's going on? Can I help you? It's really someone that we would bear on our hearts. Do we, brothers and sisters, that we have someone that we pray for? The fourth lesson here. It's this matter of speaking the truth in love. It's interesting, the body does not lie. Like when your stomach is not feeling well, you know. And at first glance, this almost seems like it doesn't fit. It seems very out of place. But the interesting thing is you you find that this this matter of speaking the truth in love is not only repeated here, it's not only mentioned here, it's repeated in verse twenty five, and it's repeated again in the same similar passage in Colossians three. And so if the Bible repeats the same like three the same thing three times on the same subject, there's something important. And once again, speaking the truth, this is another made up Greek word by Paul. If you look at it, actually it goes beyond speaking. 
You can almost translate it as truthing. It's being true. And at the same time, he also says, put away lying. Aren't you curious? Because I was, I was, I was, I was preparing. I was thinking, wait, do we lie to one another or something? how do we lie to one another? And yet I was reminded that wait a second, Satan is called father And indeed, it is our own nature. But you see, truth has become so rare these days. You go on social media, there's fake news everywhere. In Facebook, uh, everyone looks like they you know, post the most amazing vacation photos. I mean, you see no one putting pictures of them grinding out in the office, right? It, it looks like no, no one actually needs to work. But when it comes to this matter of loving one another in the world, I feel like the Lord is saying to us, we need to be truthing with one another. It's not about what we show others. It's not about how we behave on Sunday. And in fact, we don't need to pretend. I mean, I certainly have done this, but how many times when it is actually not going well, that others ask you how you're doing and you said fine? Because you don't want to get into it. So you just said it's fine. But is that true thing with one another? We you know, we're like playing duck, because what ducks do is that they paddle, paddle, paddle under, under the surface on, 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 on about the surface they look like they're doing nothing. And so are we choosing with one another? We need the whole, once again, we need the Holy Spirit to be the spirit of truth. And yet once again, this is where we need to have that relationship with one another. 同时再一次，这是我们需要彼此有这样一个真实的关系的。It's not the high and by，啊，不是说只是嗨，然后再见就就好了。But it requires having a real fellowship with one another，就需要我们彼此有真实的这种交通。In a relationship where you're committed to building each other up, supporting each other to be on the journey with the Lord. So now that we looked at how the Holy Spirit is our coach teaching us to love, we looked at how through that work He teaches us to minister even to one another. And in fact, I feel like this is now coming to the climax. Because what is most amazing here in chapter 4 of Ephesians, you find, is that as that happens, the outcome is maturity. 
and this is talking about not just maturity. This is the full measure, the full stature of Christ. 这里也不单是讲到成熟，而是讲到基督长成的。And so Paul is describing a key aspect of sonship, which is maturity. 呃，保罗在这里讲到呃得儿子名分的一个非常重要的方面，就是讲到成熟。I mean, earlier in the book of Ephesians in chapter one, 在以弗所书第一章 ，that it says that we see God has chosen us before the foundation of this world. 神在创世以前就拣选了我们 ，that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. 我们要在他面前圣洁，呃，呃，在他爱当中没有瑕疵。Having predestined us to adoption as sons. 已经定义我们啊，承受儿子的名分。So it's like God is saying to us, one day we whom He has chosen will also become sons, just like in the same fashion the Lord Jesus. 好像神在那里说，有一天我们这些被拣选的，也有一天得到那儿子的名分，就像我们的主耶稣基督一样。That's how in Romans 8 it talks about we have been predestined to conform to the image of Christ. 这讲到罗马书第八章那里，我们已经事先被预定，被磨成基督的形象。And that image. It's like to be like him. 那个形象就是像他 To take on the character of Christ. 就有基督的性情 And so as we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us to love one another and to minister to one another, 当我们允许圣灵来教导我们彼此相爱 we are being matured as sons, not even just as individuals, but as a body, as His bride. 我们就好像成为儿子的名分，我们成熟不单是个人的，而是基督的心腹 And what is truly most amazing I find here. 在这里，我发现最奇妙的 is that as the Holy Spirit is teaching us, He's not just teaching us to what to do in this situation. 圣灵在那里教导我们，不是教导我们在这一个情形当中要如何做。But He is working in us. 他在我们里面工作 ，so that the love of Christ is being formed in us. 所以基督的爱在我们里面成型。I mean, He is conforming to us to the image of Christ, and what is first and foremost? The love of Christ. 当他把我们磨成基督的形象的时候，最重要的、最起初的什么呢？就是神的爱。But not only that, but to the full stature, the fullness of His love. 不但是就那神的爱，而是达到神呃完全的这种爱。I mean, how marvelous is the Lord's heart and purpose for us? 神啊、uh, ，对我们的爱，达到我们的旨意是何等的奇妙。Through learning to love, through ministering to one another. 借着学习爱，借着彼此来服侍。We were the ones who did not know what love was. 我们过去都不明白什么是爱的。Not only now do we get to love one another, but we get to love in that fullness, the fullness, the full stature of Christ's love in us. 不单我们能现在能学习来彼此相爱，我们可以能够借着基督在我们里面完全长成的成熟的这样的满有基督长成身量的来爱。I mean, do you realize that the love of Christ is being formed in us? 大家没有意识到神的爱在我们里面成型。I mean, that is just unbelievable. 这是不可想象的。And as you see, how loving one another is that one of the key aspects of maturing. 当我们看到这个关于彼此相爱是关于成熟的一个很重要的一个标志。Now we see why the Lord placed so much emphasis on loving one another throughout the Bible. 所以，那这就是我们主为什么在圣经当中让彼此相爱放到这样重要的地位。And we cannot help but just be amazed and worship at how amazing is 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 eternal purpose in us. 我们在这里只能够不仅的来在这里来敬拜我们主他呃永恒的旨意。So in closing, 呃，在结束的时候。I'd like to say, I mean, thank thank the Lord that this matter of sonship is not some high knowledge. 
我们要学习操练如何来彼此相爱。我们要学习操练如何来彼此相爱。我们要学习操练如何来彼此相爱。我们要学习操练如何来彼此相爱。我们要学习操练如何来彼此相爱。我们要学习操练如何来彼此相